Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Many of us believe in sustainability, but do we walk the talk? We'll ask you what you're doing in your daily life to promote sustainability, to personally be part of a green solution to our environmental problems. What changes have you made? What solutions have you found that you'd like to share with us? Phone lines are open at 1-800-826-1495. You can join us on our email address, upraxis at gmail.com, on Facebook, Utah Public Radio, and on Twitter, at Utah Public Radio. And we uh, are going to be joined in the second half of the program by uh, Jennifer Peoples, uh, who is uh, USU Associate Professor of Communication Studies. She's going to tell us what she's doing in her personal life to promote uh, sustainability. Also in the second half of the program, Jeremy Farner, Associate Professor of Architectural Engineering Technology at Weber State University, will join us. Uh, he's interested in uh, green building and sustainable design. And in this half of the program, we're going to be talking with uh, Jamie Plune, environmental law attorney, who recently, with her husband, walked 350 miles. That's a significant number. Uh, we'll talk about that later. To symbolize the groundbreaking steps she believes our leaders uh, must take away from carbon-based economy. And we bring in, in this uh, part of the program as well, uh, Mark Richards, uh, who is uh, with uh, Intermountain Wind and uh, Solar. And uh, we bring on Mark Richards right now. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Tom. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, so understand uh, that, in fact, for your biography for the recent Intermountain uh, Sustainability Summit, you said uh, your greatest passion is offering education about alternative ways to power our homes and uh, businesses. Uh, and we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, tell me a little bit about business development at Intermountain Wind and Solar. What do you do there? Well, our company's uh, in its fourth year. We... Uh, my main focus is to uh, help bring uh, commercial clients uh, to the table to uh, assess their power use and their uh, alternative ways to be able to power their uh, businesses. And wh- what do you usually find uh, that businesses can improve, I imagine, and, and, and by how much? Well, we have so many clients that we have this discussion with from city, county, and state to private, uh, and we've certainly uh, we just completed 82 schools uh, for the state of Utah. Uh, so lots of different discussions, and they tend to uh, there's some similarities in those discussions, and then um, some variables. We uh, as we look about how somebody powers their facility, the first level is that efficiencies. So instead of just assuming that you and I can use power in any manner, uh, the first step, and in some of the funding that we've received to help provide solar for city halls, their first requirement was to make their facility more efficient before they could start to do some type of renewable energy on their facility. And I thought that was a great uh, template for these folks to begin to uh, make some sense of how they're using their power, and then look at uh, how could they assist in how they produce or purchase their power. So, first of all, ramp up the efficiency. Do you find that most businesses, most homes can make improvements in this area? It sure seems like it, and it sure seems like it can be uh, overwhelming, and it sure it seems like maybe we've done some things, but we want to do so much more. Uh, 
so across the board from those who, uh, and we always want to make this accessible to those who are just entering into this discussion, and then we want to uh, begin to, uh, or to continue to help those who've actually done a number of steps, and how do we help help them continue? We're going to talk a little more with Mark Richards, obviously, in this uh, half of the program about uh, wind and solar. He's with Intermountain Wind and Solar. He says his greatest passion is offering education about alternative ways to power our homes and businesses. Our questions for you today, and we're hoping that you'll join this discussion at 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. What are you doing in your daily life to promote sustainability? Uh, to personally be part of a green solution. Uh, what changes have you made? What solutions have you found? Are you walking the talk? And uh, we bring in now uh, Jamie Plune, who uh, is a uh, environmental law attorney, and recently with her husband, this was in 2010, walked 350 miles to uh, illustrate need for climate change and sustainability. Welcome to the program. Thank you. In fact, on your website, uh, which is a Pilgrimage for Hope, um, you have a, a, a subject subtitle called Walking the Walk, and so we'll, we'll talk with you about that. First of all, 350 miles, there's significance in that number. What, what is it? It is. Um, 350 is the parts per million, the target parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that we should be shooting for if we want to maintain the Earth in the stable type of climate that we've experienced for almost all of human civilization. Um, so it's the number that we should be targeting in climate talks and so on, and the amount of the concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. We're currently at 400 parts per million, which is a higher concentration of carbon dioxide that we've, than we've ever had in human civilization. And that's why we're seeing some of these major shifts in climate in the, uh, throughout the world. So it must have been quite an experience. Did I imagine you got uh, some good reaction to that walk? We did. It was um, we had some interesting interactions with people responding to the walk, and it was also a very um, interesting personal introspective journey that mm. we took. So, um, in addition to political activism, which I know you, you promote, what, uh, what would you suggest people do in their lives, some changes they could make to help us hit that target? I think one of the most important pe things that people can do is um, start addressing environmental issues as more mainstream and social issues. There's a, I think there's a certain sense that the environment is out there, it's over there, it's is wolves, it's polar bears. Um, but when we're talking about climate change, it's an opportunity for us to realize that the environment is actually where we live. It's our home, and it's what we need to take care of in order to make sure that we're safe and our families are safe. And um, so it's not just kind of a side issue or a marginal issue or something that we can address when our economy is good, but otherwise put aside if we think we need to address our economy. Instead, it's the very foundation of our economy. And so we need to be really talking about how we protect our environment within the context of mainstream social issues. 
We'll be talking more with uh, Jamie Plune. I want to follow up with her on, uh, she says her mission is to figure out a way to for the legal system to recognize the inherent value of environmental health. We'll talk a bit more about that. Uh, by the way, uh, we are talking with Mark Richards from Intermountain Wind and Solar and with uh, Jamie Plune, who's an environmental law attorney. We're talking about sustainability. The question we're throwing out to you today, what changes have you made in your life to promote sustainability? What solutions have you found and uh, what are you doing in your daily life to promote sustainability? You can reach the program at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. And, uh, by the way, we do have uh, three pairs of tickets uh, to the Valley Dance Ensemble in Logan. All you have to do is uh, call up or email us, give us your name, and which night you'd like to go to. It's Friday night, this Friday night. 7.30, or 7 p.m., I should say, Ellen Eccles Theater in downtown Logan, and Saturday night, 7 p.m., Ellen Eccles Theater. The concert is called Connect, celebrating 30 years of movement, featuring Marian Anderson's Canon uh, Valley Dance Ensemble. Three pairs of tickets for your call today to Access Utah. The number is 1-800-826-1495. The email is upraxis at gmail.com. Mark Richards, I want to get into uh, some of the things that businesses, homes can do uh, to uh, to find alternative ways to, to, to find power. First of all, I'm wondering, uh, as you work with businesses, and uh, I don't know if you work with uh, individual clients, what um, what's the motivation that you find that they're coming to you? Is it economic motivation or, or other motivation? It seems like there's a nice variety. We would think that this would be an environmentally-based decision, and it is not in this state. So we have folks who are just wanting independence from the power company. We're want, we uh, an, a, uh, Some of that uh, ability to have a say in how we power our own home. And uh, as the prices come down so rapidly and the efficiencies of product, there's, there's absolutely been no better time to assist in how you power your home. Now, we've been fortunate enough that we've had uh, a group by the name of Utah Clean Energy work tirelessly for years to, with the power company to allow you and I to do something called net metering or to be able to produce power on our home and to push some of that power when we overproduce on our home or business back onto the grid or to the power company. And that was significant. And that's, uh, that's been in place for about 10 years. There are certainly power companies and states that don't have that available, but uh, been very significant. So in partnership with the power company or uh, just powering your facility without the power companies now available. So lots of reasons people are coming to the table. It makes uh, sense both economically and certainly starts to make sense in how we can assist how we power things. We use so much more power than we ever have. And uh, with uh, computers and TVs and, and data centers, uh, we're using far more power than we ever have. And so we, uh, I don't know that we'll take over the world with photovoltaic, solar, or wind, but we want to participate. We want to talk about a diversified energy portfolio that makes sense. So I could, I could go on. Uh, yes, and I'd, I'll, I'll have you uh, do that uh, after we take a call. This is Rochelle in Logan. Rochelle, welcome to the program. Glad you called. Thank you. Go ahead with your question or comment. 
Well, my comment is, actually, I am a student at Utah State University, majoring in environmental studies. I'm currently in Rosalind Brain's uh, Communicating Sustainability course. And the core of that course, we have been in groups and worked with a community partner. Our group has worked with Herms Inn on the island here in uh, Logan. And what we were working with them was trying to find out ways that they, as part of the community, could become more sustainable. And so, you know, we've already determined that they are sustainable in the fact that they, they, you know, reinvested in a historic building that was already in existence here in the valley. Um, they do use many local and in-state food sources. Their to-go containers are recyclable. But because of space in in where they are, they didn't really have the space to implement a recycling program. And as an operating business, didn't really have a lot of time to devote to that. So we volunteered to do the legwork, do the research, make the contacts, and see if we could make that work for them. Um, we contacted the environmental department. They came. They did a free audit of what actually goes into their dumpster. And from that, we were able to determine that we could indeed implement a recycling program. And um, it will not only send less to the landfill, but the bottom line for HERMS is reduced because they aren't paying near as much for for garbage collection because it will significantly reduce what goes into that dumpster. Sounds like a very worthwhile project. We feel that it's very worthwhile, very worthwhile. We're, we're very happy about the project and how it's turning out. So where, where can people go to find out more about what, what you guys are doing? Um, I believe that, well, first of all, we're going to have a big presentation at HERMS on, on Monday morning with the Environmental Department. Um, and, of course, go to HERMS. You know, I'm not advertising for HERMS by any means, but um, we hope that, that it will be promoted there. We want to do something so that they put the word out there to the community so that others understand what they've done for sustainability in the community, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, some sort of signage that promotes it or, you know, if they, they put it on their website um, but also um, on our, I believe it's on the USU, I think there's a sustainability website, and I, I believe some of that information will be there. And we're hoping that once we have this implemented, we would, would definitely like to have a press release in at least the station so that the word is out there. All right, excellent. What, what time on Monday? Monday morning, our presentation is just with our, our professor, environmental department, and, and the people there at HERMS um, at 8.30 will be presenting to them. So At, at HERMS Inn. In, mm-hmm. in okay, great. Thank you, Rochelle. Pre- you appreciate bet. the information. Sounds like a very worthwhile uh, project. Uh, Mark Richards, uh, here's an example of some people, uh, some students uh, getting involved. Uh, one question I would have is um, how big of a chunk – out of your daily lifestyle, do, do people usually tolerate? And I'm thinking about a lot of people who, who maybe aren't convinced for the need for sustainability, maybe for economic reasons come to you. Um, but is this, uh, specifically, is this going to be more expensive to, to turn to wind and solar for my business or for my home? 
t- we have some unusual terms we use in our industry, and and uh, one might be grid parity. So when does it make sense to do alternative, and and can it be uh, equal to the power that I currently pay for from the power company? And so we're at that point now where we see a payback uh, period and a nice return on the investment. And then, uh, and then, and then, either free power or that system paying you back uh, after that. So I think here in the down in Salt Lake, uh, where our office is, we see a lot of folks who are just concerned about air quality. So that seems to be a pretty big concern here. And so we, when we start to think about how we produce power and the impact that it has on the quality of our air, and then the ability that you and I have. Uh, to assist in clean power production, I, I think that's a, a big uh, reason and a big statement. Hmm. So the, the people want to go to clean sources of energy because it's directly impacting them. The air, the air is impacting them. Uh, let me uh, turn back to uh, Jamie Plune, environmental law attorney, and uh, she, uh, along with her uh, husband, has a website uh, called Pilgrimage for Hope that refers to a. Uh, a journey they took a couple of years ago, uh, 350 miles, which is a significant number, and we talked about that. 350.org, by the way, is a good site to go to to check that out. Uh, they walk 350 miles. Uh, what are some other projects that you're involved in, uh, Jamie Plune? You you talked about how we shouldn't view these environmental problems as something out there. We should bring it bring it home. How how are you bringing it home? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I think that one of the things that I've um, been really focusing on is the need not just for individual changes in our lifestyle, which is necessary, but really systemic reforms in how we're dealing with um, fossil fuels and carbon in our economy. So just for an example, there's a report that's been done by a group called CarbonTracker.org, and they basically looked at how much carbon we can emit in order to stay within two degrees warming, which is what pretty much every, not pretty much, every single nation and every leader has agreed that the most we can experience um, and anticipate that society will survive is two degrees warming. So how much carbon can we emit in order to stay within two degrees warming? We can emit about 585 gigatons of carbon dioxide between now and 2050, and we can still stay within two degrees warming. The current proven reserves throughout the world is five times that amount. So when you're looking at that, that means that carbon that's already on the market, stuff that's already been discovered and, and is you know, in the reserves is five times the amount that we can emit. So in order for us to really truly address carbon, uh, climate change, we need to be working for systemic reform. And some of those systemic reforms that are going um, people are working on are there's currently a divestment campaign encouraging schools and pension funds and churches to divest of their um, investments in some of the top uh, fossil fuel companies. Hmm. And if you want to learn more about that, that's also organized by 350.org. Another piece that I've been really involved with is working with youth uh, here in Utah who are the people who are going to be experiencing these changes, and they're urging the state uh, government to start planning for anticipated and projected changes that we'll see in our environment. So 
just this year we had a house um, a bill put before the state legislature called House Bill 77. And it was just a grant of authority to the Division Forestry, Fire, and State Lands to start looking at some of the climate change projections and thinking about how that's going to affect our management of wildfires. So just a quick example, traditionally we've thought that the wildfire season starts on July 1st and it usually ends sometime around September. But with the warming season and our changing weather patterns, what we're seeing is that the wildfire season is now starting closer to May, uh, June or May, and it might even start sooner than that. If we know that our wildfire season is now starting a month earlier, we should probably be planning for that and budgeting for it and ensuring that we have staff in place in order to fight wildfires that are starting earlier. Same with starting later. So those kinds of adaptation and planning things are we can start taking action now that will make us ready for some of the projected changes we'll be seeing coming down the pipeline. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking sustainability today, and we're asking you, how do you uh, walk the walk? We uh, talk the talk a lot of the times. We believe in sustainability, but do we walk the walk? We'll ask you uh, what you're doing in your daily life to promote sustainability. What changes have you made? What solutions have you found that you'd like to share with us? Coming up, we're going to be talking with Jeremy Farner, who is at Weber State University, interested in green building and sustainable energy. And we're going to be talking with Jennifer Peoples from Utah State University. Right now, we're talking with Jamie Plune. You heard from her right there, environmental law attorney in Utah. And we're talking with Mark Richards as well with Intermountain Wind and Solar. And the question now to you, what are you doing in your daily life to promote sustainability? What changes have you made? What solutions have you found that you'd like to share with us? And we did receive this email. Uh, They didn't want to give their name, but they're in the Logan area. And they say, conservation, conservation, and conservation. We try our best to educate our kids by practicing conservation all the time. We've got a smart thermostat, and they capitalize this nest this winter, too. Uh, that's from a Logan listener at uh, UPR, uh, dot, uh, upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Uh, Mark Richards, uh, they, they uh, got a smart thermostat. Is that something that, uh, that you help people install? We certainly do some uh, assessment of people's homes as we're as they've called us in to look at their power usage and their potential ability to produce their own power and that's certainly one of i think one of the easiest things to to look at there's so many parts of a home uh we could begin to create this checklist and begin to just do each one as we're able uh, but that sure makes a lot of sense i think what i want uh, everyone to think about is although they may be only affecting their own personal bill uh, in a small way by that, uh, uh, some of those measures that, as we started to times that by all the people who will take that measure, it starts to be hugely impactful. So we might not see the bigger picture, uh, and it may be folks like us who can help them see that bigger picture, because uh, we all have a thermostat. And we all have a place that we're living in. So if we could begin to, whether it's an apartment or whether we're uh, in, in a home we can begin, or business, we can begin to think about how to do that. I really like the idea of it, this moving out of the home and into the business. So as we see uh, people hire uh, or uh, offer to be a sustainable director at a, uh, in a 
in a business uh, start to assist uh, the employees to make sense of their buildings and how they're interacting with that building and yeah I, and I guess uh, the transferring this these ideas into business is important probably necessary to solve problems because that's 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 where a lot of the power is used it's significant and uh, so the lead rating system created by the United States Green Building Council initially their focus was on commercial buildings that now applies to uh, all kinds of uh, residential and, and commercial and industrial buildings but it's uh, it's significant, and I, if we just think about, uh, if you saw some of these buildings, so I was just meeting with the Olympic Oval uh, here in uh, Salt Lake, uh, in the Kearns area, and I, maybe I shouldn't divulge the amount of power they're using monthly, but it's huge. Uh, I think we would all be shocked if we knew the dollar amount that they spent in both heating or cooling that, uh, mostly cooling that facility, but uh, so businesses are a great place it starts in our home though and every business is owned by someone who has a home so if we start in their home and have them think about their lighting about their thermostat their insulation what windows do they have is it time to upgrade them those kinds of things uh, we begin to approach it when we have budget and when we can and we start to make sense i think the impact is huge across the nation and this discussion needs to keep happening and i like what you're doing today is we're talking about some of those steps that we can all uh, do instead of just talking about it. What can we do today? That is the question we're throwing out to you uh, via email and uh, on our telephone line. You can join us on Facebook and Twitter as well. What are you doing to walk the walk? Uh, what are you doing in your daily life to promote sustainability? What changes have you made? What solutions have you found? We'd love to have you share those thoughts with us. UPRAxis at gmail.com, UPRAxis at gmail.com, or 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. If you like dance, we have a added incentive for you to participate in the program. Call us or email us and uh, let us know you'd like a pair of tickets to Valley Dance Ensemble in uh, Logan. Concert on Friday night at 7 o'clock and Saturday night at 7 o'clock, Ellen Echoes Theater, downtown Logan. The concert is called Connect, celebrating 30 years of movement. Valley Dance Ensemble, three pairs of tickets. Just let us know which night you'd like to go to. Give us your name. Uh, let me uh, get this email in. Uh, this is from uh, Kylie in Moab. Sounds like Kylie's doing a lot. And I'll have uh, maybe uh, Jamie Plune respond to this first. This is what Kylie says. We build our off-grid wind and solar-powered house with uh, overflow materials from the building boom, and we build it with solar and wind power. We've chosen not to have children, to not add any more humans to the planet. We've grown our own food and buy a lot of our own food locally, and we recycle. I try not to drive if I don't have to, but my business requires it since I own a green cleaning and property management business in Moab. We try not to, we do not buy frivolous stuff. I am an active environmental activist and give money to environmental organizations, and I still feel I'm not doing enough. That's Kylie in uh, Moab. I wonder, you probably rub shoulders with uh, this kind of committed uh, person, Jamie Plune. I do, yeah, and actually that's one of the things that we, um, when we started out on our pilgrimage for hope, I think part of why we ended up taking that journey was this sense of total despair, that no matter how hard we worked, it wasn't going to be enough in order to address these major problems. And kind of thinking, how do you live with that challenge of, you know, I can just drive myself crazy. And so I was sort of looking for 
hope. Mm. Um, and that was why we called it a pilgrimage for hope. And mm-hmm. The tradition of pilgrimages is that you take your body and you move it through a series of exercises to accomplish something that your mind or your spirit can't yet do. Nice. And um, one of the things that we sort of came at the end of the journey to find was that hope is um, actually, I think I put it on my blog, but there's this great quote from Rebecca Solnit that hope is an action, it's not an emotion. And, um, you know, I think that the actions that Kylie is doing are wonderful, and I hope that they help her feel fulfilled in her life and feel like she's, um, you know, living the best that she can, because I think that that's something that we all try to do. And that's what I've really come away with is that all of these actions, hopefully, they just make our lives richer and greater. And I think, for me, being involved um, in our political system has enriched my life because as you reach out to talk with your senators or representatives or even community members, um, community council, it creates relationships and then those relationships enrich our lives. So there's this sense of while we're addressing kind of a something that's negative or threatening, we're also the solutions lead us towards a greater connection with each other and something that can really enrich our lives. We're coming down to the end of the first half of the program. By the way, in the second half, we're going to be talking with Jeremy Farner, who's with Weber State University. He's interested in green building and sustainable design. Also, uh, we'll be bringing in uh, Jennifer Peoples, uh, who is Associate Professor of Communication Studies at USU, talking about what she does in her life to uh, promote sustainability. We uh, had another follow-up from uh, Kylie. And I'll have Mark Richards respond to this as we close this part of the program. Uh, this is what Kylie and Moab says following up. We heat with wood and uh, in-floor heat with solar hot water panels. We use one 100-pound uh, tank of propane per year or two and cook a lot off our wood stove in the winter. We went the extra mile in, on insulation of our home and situated for the most solar gain. So it sounds like uh, Kylie's really is... Uh, Doing about all all that uh, all that she can. Um, I wonder, with the people that you work with, Mark Mark Richards, you probably find that in most instances, as we talked about the first uh, part of the segment, most people can can be doing a little more. When I like uh, the measures uh, that Kylie has taken, and I like that she's thinking about what she can do next, and I think she's probably already doing these things, but I think in her community large or small, she can begin to educate. So she's actually moved into that position of being able to educate. So many of these concepts are still so new to so many. Uh, I'm just amazed we haven't come further with with our educating. So uh, she could begin to create uh, education night at her home and be able to show those things off. And then uh, it's been spoken to already, how can we start to affect a law or ordinances to help improve how we build and how we use our resources, all of our resources. So, uh, and I can only guess that Kylie's probably involved uh, at the city level there in her city, and and at the state level, she can uh, via the internet begin to be very involved. There's some great nonprofit organizations that are uh, promoting uh, what she's already done, and and uh, so I think she gets to move into a, a new level of uh, educating. 
Well, we'll uh, we're going to take a, a brief break. We do have a caller on the line, De Bernadette. Uh, hope you'll be patient, just uh, about a minute or two. Bring on our next panel and uh, bring you into the conversation. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking more about sustainability. Our questions for you. What are you doing in your daily life to promote sustainability? What changes have you made? What solutions have you found? We'd love to have you share your thoughts with us at 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. We've been talking with uh, Jamie Plune, environmental law attorney in Utah. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. And uh, more information at the, the website Pilgrimage for Hope. Uh, Mark Richards with Intermountain Wind and Solar, thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. And uh, we're going to uh, continue this discussion, and uh, hopefully with you at 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com following the break. Hey, did you hear car talk last week? His grades are down. He actually <laughs> dropped out of AP history, stopped cleaning his room, and is not taking Spanish anymore. <laughs> now, I've been driving this car with this peculiar smell for about five years. Yeah, maybe you started out stupid. Well, I might have. <laughs> right, you may have had less, less of a slide to make. <laughs> Join us for more keen yet sensitive analysis this week on Car Talk. Saturday mornings at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Support for Access Utah comes from the Utah Humanities Council, enriching cultural, intellectual, and civic life by providing opportunities for all Utahns to explore life's most engaging questions and the wonders of the human experience. On the next Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll explore the music of South Africa, a country that has had a major impact on popular music worldwide. I'm Rosalie Howard. And I'm Dan Storper. Join us for the music of Miriam Makeba, Johnny Clegg, and many more on South Africa, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Support for Utah Public Radio is also provided by Dr. Kyle Carl Breitenbach, practicing evidence-based family medicine at Basin Clinic in Vernal since 1987 with emphasis in complete family health, including obstetric and pediatric care. Information is at basinclinic.com. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are talking about sustainability on the program today. Many of us believe in sustainability, but do we walk the walk? In addition to talking the talk, we'll ask you what uh, you're doing in your daily life to promote sustainability. What changes have you made? What solutions have you found? We'd love to have you share your thoughts, and the number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or you can reach us at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com, also on Facebook and Twitter. We welcome into the studio Jennifer Peoples, who is Associate Professor of Communication Studies. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And you're telling me that uh, you teach a class called Communication, uh, Social Justice, and the Environment. I do. So we'll talk about that, as well as you you do some things to promote sustainability in your personal life, like biking to work and such. I do all those things. So we'll, we'll be talking about that. We're uh, joined on the uh, telephone by Jeremy Farner, who is uh, with Weber State University. And he's Associate Professor of Architectural Engineering at Weber State. He's interested in green building and sustainable design. He owns and operates his own custom home design build firm. He says, I deal with the built environment, green building, etc., since 40% of energy use is from uh, buildings. Uh, Jeremy Farner, welcome to the program. Thank you. 
Uh, let's uh, start with uh, Jennifer Peoples here. Uh, let me uh, bring in, I don't want to neglect to bring in our caller, first of all, Bernadette in Rockville. Bernadette, uh, welcome to the program. Glad you called. Thank you. Go ahead with your question or comment. Um, I guess maybe I missed the part where you wanted to know what we were doing, and I walked outside and saw clothes on the line, looked to the left and saw the worm bin, so composting worms. And we also have a solar oven that really um, do a lot of cooking during most of most seasons of the year. So thank you, and glad you guys are doing this program. It's awesome. Great. Thanks for those ideas. Appreciate that. Bernadette in Rockville. The number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or you can reach us at upraxcess at gmail.com. What are you doing to promote sustainability? What changes have you made and what solutions have you found? Let me, before we uh, jump in with my guests in this part of the program, let me uh, read you this email. Uh, it's kind of a lengthy email, but it's uh, very apropos. And uh, we heard one of her students uh, uh, talk about an event earlier in the program. This is from Rosalind Brain. Uh, she says, uh, my name is Rosalind Brain. I thought I would share my story and what I'm doing to help our current environmental problems. Uh, one, and a half year, one to five years ago, I was hired, or one and a half years ago, I was hired as Utah State University's assistant professor in sustainable communities. Since that time, I've collaborated with students to coordinate the first annual USU Earth Week in the spring of tw- uh, 2012 where over 5,000 students participated and over 1,000 pledges were signed for various environmental behaviors, ranging from biking as a form of alternative transportation to shopping locally. And this week is our second annual USU Earth Week. More information on uh, Facebook. And I've uh, passed uh, over the management of this event to Aggie Blue Bikes, the Student Sustainability Office, and the Students for Sustainability Club. In addition, I'm a reviewer for Blue Goes Green, our campus's student environmental grants program, where this year we administered almost $30,000 in grant funds with almost $40,000 in matched in kind for projects such as Aggie Village Compost and Aggie Shuttle Bike Racks. This program has allowed students to serve as principal investigators in grants where they have implemented water refill stations, bike maintenance stations, bike racks, and more on around campus. And she goes on to talk about some more information, much more to be found at extension.usu.edu slash sustainability. So some great uh, programs going on there. Do you, do you find this students are very involved, Jennifer uh, Peoples, that, that maybe you interact with in your other classes or in this class you teach on? You know, I find a, a wide variety. Um, I have students because of the type of class that I'm teaching that is a communication class. I have students who come from a communication background who haven't thought significantly or deeply about the environment. And then I have other students who come from more of an environmental studies background who have thought about these things deeply. I think it's interesting that you talk about this differentiation between walking the walk and talking the talk because as a communication professor, of course, I'm highly interested in how we talk about the environment, um, how we talk about the environment influences those actions. So if I look at a stand of trees and I think, oh, that's a renewable resource, and I use that language and try to communicate it to others, it's going to influence certain types of behavior. If I look at it and I say, that's an old-growth forest, see that as a sacred place, and I communicate that to others, I'm going to influence their behavior. So I think this connection between how we talk about what we do, and and how that influences how we act and other people act, I think is a really important element in understanding why some people act sustainably and why others are less inclined to do so. Hmm. So uh, how we talk about these things is very important. Yes. But also there's, I think in many lives, there's a disconnect. Yes. Uh, you know, I, 
use myself as an example. I think I understand a lot of the sustainability issues, but sometimes it's not convenient for me to bike to work. You know, we have so many messages that are that are moving us away from sustainability, and these are on the national level. You know, we think about our um, consumer spending as an indication of the health of our economy, and so we are encouraged really to s- spend more money um, to help out our economy, even though we recognize that the type of spending and consuming that we're doing is really not sustainable environmentally, and it's not sustainable economically for a lot of families. And so... We have many messages, advertising, that tell us that our identity is connected to those things that we buy, Um, that in order to be an outdoorsy person, you have to have these kinds of shoes and that kind of coat. So, you know, we have many messages that are competing with this idea of living sustainably or what even a good life looks like. And so for, for many of us, I think there is that competing sense within us that we know that we need to do things differently, but... We're not hearing the messages, and oftentimes the messages about doing something differently are very negative. So you hear, you know, we must sacrifice and, and that this is a, a desperate situation. So we have all these negative messages that make us feel guilty or bad. Um, there's great work by a philosopher named Kate Soper, and she talks about this concept of what's called invi- um, excuse me, int- alternative hedonism. And she talks about the pleasure that comes with living sustainably. And this is not that kind of smug superiority that I think sometimes people associate with environmentalists. This is the the real pleasure that comes from things like growing your own food or going to a uh, a farmer's market or that sense of well-being that you get at the end of the month when you still have money in the bank account. And and that comes from doing all the things that are actually environmentally good, like not buying so many goods, not throwing them away so that they don't end up in the dump. Um, and then that pollutes our, you know, our groundwater and our land. So, you know, there are really positive aspects that come from making these changes that I don't think that we think about in terms of our family life and our community and, and our sense of well-being. That's uh, Jennifer Peebles. Uh, she's with USU, and she teaches a class, uh, Communication, Social Justice, and the Environment. We're asking you what you're doing in your life to promote sustainability. What changes have you made, and what solutions have you found? We'd love to hear your story at 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. By the way, we have uh, three pairs of tickets to uh, Valley Dance Ensemble, if you like dance. Their latest concert is Friday night, 7 o'clock, and Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Ellen Echoes Theater, downtown Logan. It's called Connect, celebrating 30 years of movement. We have three pairs of tickets. All you have to do is call or email. Give us your name and which night that you'd like to go. Let's bring in uh, Jeremy uh, Farner. I wonder if you uh, agree here with what Jennifer Peoples was saying. It sounds like reading your bio here that you are excited about these issues. Do you find working with students, with clients, um, there's an excitement for this or or that uh, people are are doing some of these sustainability uh, behaviors because they they feel like they need to sacrifice? Um, I I don't know that sacrifice is the right word I would use. Um, I do find that students and the general public are becoming more and more aware and uh, they are interested in being more green, in quotation marks there, but they don't know what to do. And uh, there is a lack of knowledge. Um, in fact, your last guest uh, alluded to that, that uh, I'm also su- – oh, sorry about that. Uh, I'm also surprised that there is a lack of knowledge um, or understanding of what 
what can be done um, for maybe not the activist, but just the general person. Um, one of the things that I talk very openly with in my classes is the statement that you cannot improve something you don't measure. And um, I ask my students if they like to go camping, and most of them do. We live in Utah. And we love the outdoors. Then I ask them, so what happens when you go camping and say uh, uh, in the, the, the outdoors and uh, you run out of electricity? Well, we sit around the fire. And uh, there's a limited amount of electricity that they have if they go off-grid uh, with the battery that they have in either their camper or whatever they choose to go camping with, their, their flashlights or whatnot. And uh, if, if we can get more and more people to start thinking about, uh, I'm not necessarily sacrificing, it's just living a different way, being aware that we do have a limited quantity um, if you go camping and you, you don't leave your light on all day long, you turn it off because you know you're going to run your battery dead. And if you can start to take that thought process and, and really turn it around, we're not sacrificing. We're just living a different way. Let us bring in our next caller, who is Charles and Logan. Charles, welcome to the program. Glad you called. Go ahead. Uh, just to let you know that the, the message, the green message, is getting to be less of a hard sell than it was. You don't no longer have to drive a Geo Metro. You can drive a, a plug-in hybrid that's a really nice ride, and you can have solar panels. And this is within reach of the ordinary person, you know. And uh, this is getting more and more within reach of more and more people. And uh, so I just want to let you know that we're doing it, so it's not impossible. Right. I guess that, that is a hopeful message. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Uh, pr- appreciate that. Charles called 1-800-826-1495. You can as well. A couple minutes left in the program, or upraxis at gmail.com. Uh, before we enter the program, I wanted to get in this last part of this email from Rosalind Brain, uh, who's Assistant Professor and, and Sustainable Communities Extension Specialist at USU. Uh, we didn't read part of the email. It's very long, but uh, she says that... Um, She's discussing current programs offered to the public to environmental sustainability. By the way, more information at extension.usu.edu slash sustainability. And she says, I'm excited to be part of the sustainability movement. I'm optimistic about the enthusiasm I see in both youth and adults regarding environmental sustainability. Uh, so maybe finally with Jeremy Farner, maybe you could give us the just the, your one-minute uh, plug for green building. What uh, this this is doable? Maybe you could uh, encourage us. That this is doable. It is doable. Um, you know the the statistics are proving now. There's going to next year. They're estimating that solar panels will reach parity with uh, the cost to go with solar power with the rebates that are still uh, available through the government. So. It's doable, um, and it, it really is simple, low-hanging fruit that makes the biggest difference. Obviously, the, the greatest difference maker is going to be changing behavior, but uh, insulation and uh, a really good thermal envelope on your home make the biggest difference. And uh, just a, maybe a minute, uh, Jennifer Peoples, give you the last word. Maybe address this question. Um, we're maybe on this program and with Utah Public Radio, we're preaching a bit to the choir. Maybe a bit. Um, but but there's, there are a lot of people who maybe hear the message, and it's kind of vague, and it's out there, but they're not 
making many behavior changes in their personal lives. I wonder how, how, how to get the message out. Um, I think the message needs to be that every little change is impactful and that um, we can live a good life and a wonderful life that is still sustainable, but it takes a little forethought. So, for instance, you know, we live really close to campus, and I can bike door to door in six minutes. And some people say, oh, how lucky. And I kind of smile, and I say, well, there's no luck involved. We we made a choice that we could get a house that was closer, a house that's far away, and we chose one that was closer and have benefited ever since. And so it's having sustainability be a part of your decision-making as opposed to can I afford it, but to think in terms of is this a sustainable choice. And I think that that's the message to get out, to have this be a part of people's thought process as they make these decisions. Let's try to fit in a quick call. Jennifer in Logan joins us. Jennifer, glad you called. Go ahead uh, very quickly. Hi, I'm actually in Vernal. Oh, in Vernal. I'm a a bicycle rider, okay? And on two occasions, I have really been, I mean, I've had people almost deliberately try to run me off the road. And I had one lady in particular in a, like, $60,000 SUV who almost hit me, and I caught up with her in an intersect- at an intersection. I asked her, did you see me back there? And she said, should you be out on the streets mm. as though I were a gutter snipe? And I think in some towns we need to somehow educate drivers that pedestrians and bicycle riders are actually people, too. Thanks for they don't the... deserve to be run down yeah. or, or over. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for the call. Thanks. Sounds like some, some work to be done uh, to, and coexisting on, on the roads. Uh, we have reached the end of our hour. Jeremy Farner from Weber State University, thank you so much. Thank you. And Jennifer Peoples from Utah State University, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. The discussion continues online on Facebook, on Twitter. UPR.org is the place to go. And uh, for producers Addison Pace and Danny Hayes, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned. Top of the hour is the Zesty Garden with Brian Earl. That's coming up.